Hey there, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Two Loud Adams podcast. Uh, we are now on the other side of Loudon United's first week in the 2021 USL Championship season. Yep, our long march to the uh, USL Cup begins, more bold. or less. Very bold. I love it. I love bold. Um, <laughs> I'm trying the, to stay positive. I will. I, I we love the positivity. The march maybe just got a little bit uh, harder, a little bit longer after a, a two-one loss. Um, oh, the, the to the mauling in Miami. Now that's not fair. It's maybe we'll yeah. call the, the Miami missed opportunity. That, the Miami malaise. Let's go. Malays. That. Love that. I love it. So that's <laughs> um, my next tattoo. So, um, <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk about a little bit of a little bit of everything. So we haven't, we haven't been on here in a while. So we got to catch up on some stuff. Uh, obviously we're going to talk about the, the game in Miami, um, the opening game of the season for, for Loudon United, but we're going to get to that a little bit later in the episode. Um, it's certainly going to be a theme of the episode though. And then we're going to, we're going to catch up and break down a little bit of the new schedule. That's something that we haven't done on the podcast just yet, just because of a lack of, of recording and whatnot. Um, the but, lack of information. Yeah. Well, and so what we have done, and if, if you do check us out and you follow us on our Patreon page, uh, we actually have broken down and, and talked on there a little bit about some of the significant matches. So I don't want to go too into detail. If you want to check it out, it's like a 15 minute or so episode that you can look at on our Patreon page. And I believe it's in the free segment of our Patreon page, but just a highlight of that um, a couple notables, I guess there's one that's the July 4th home match against Hartford athletic. So we play them for like the 2012th time um in two seasons <laughs> but yeah that's uh that's going to be a, a home match on july 4th you heard that right that is awesome i believe that's a weekend as well um time to declare independence from connecticut <laughs> <laughs> the um the other is another significant piece is that there's going to be um a pretty large streak of home matches in august i think five out of six are going to be in a row of home matches. So we're going to be a, a ton of home opportunities to catch a game um, in the August sun. Uh, that's awesome. Another pretty significant piece is that our regular season finale is going to be against New York Red Bulls too. the same team that our home opener is against um, kind of our, at least on the MLS side, our rival, right. And, and, yep. you know, and the MLS two side, you know, things. Oh, we hate the Red Bulls. We, we hate, hate the them. Red Bulls. But so that's actually that finale season finale is going to be at home the day before Halloween. So you got to imagine we're going to have a themed yet yeah, spooky season. Um, I I love that time, time of year. And it's going to be one of those opportunities to, to not only wear a Halloween costume, but actually um, comfortably wear your soccer scarves. Um, Indeed, We drink up the Red Bull in the home opener and then we spit out the monster before Halloween. Oh, oh, I love that. Oh, you keep that energy going. I love this. Um, so you. then, um, the, the other last significant uh, highlight, at least that, that we highlighted on, on our, our Patreon page in this, in this, um, review of the schedule was our first matchup against a Western conference team year three of Loudoun United. And we've yet to have this opportunity at pretty, pretty darn sure. I'm like 91% sure. Um, but that first matchup, we got a couple Western conference teams that we're playing, but the first one in Loudoun United history is going to be at New Mexico United, and that's later this month. That's actually the, our third game of the year um, against a really strong Western team. So um, I'm tickled to death to, 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 to see what the West has got, and uh, hopefully we can travel out West and, and bring back three points. But 
so yeah, that's the season. Um, th- those are the highlights, at least. There's tons of games, great opportunities to to you know to, to get out and, and watch. You know, if you haven't yet, get your season tickets or get your. I think that they're doing like four game packs and stuff. Uh, they're yeah, the mini packs. Mini packs. Loudon United, I think, is even going as far and doing uh, deals for like family packs. And I don't think that they're publishing those as like you need to be like blood family. You can just go in as a group to get tickets, and that'll help kind of group you you know with people that you're comfortable Just being tell around them your friends are like family it works all the time no i think they're encouraging that friends it's okay for friends i'm positive hopefully yeah. i'm not you know, stepping on my toes but i think the so, idea, yeah, that guy's my uncle he, he paid I for this i think the idea Sorry. is that uh the stadium is going to be kind of like segmented into groups and whatnot so if you want to sit with like your friends and whatnot you get tickets with them to help because obviously because of COVID, there still has to be some social distancing regulations inside the stadium. So yeah, check those out. I mean, if you haven't gotten tickets yet, check it out. Uh, if you want to sit with your friends and not sit by yourself, or I don't know how that's going to work, but um, something to look at and it's going to be good. So um, yeah. Next up is uh, new player additions. Unless you got anything, Adam, on the, um, the, the schedule. Um, not that you haven't already said, honestly. Heck so yeah. let's move. Let's roll into the next segment. We got some new player additions. Now, these are going to go back a little bit in time. Um, and that's primarily because we just haven't had a ton of bandwidth uh, the last few weeks to record an episode and, and catch up. So they're going to go yeah. back as far as uh, we stole um, uh, a midfielder from that same Hartford team uh, by the name of Nikki Downs. Nikki Downs. That's right. So uh, Nikki Downs was a staple contributor to. Hartford's uh, midfielder, their engine room last year. Uh, he started in a, in a good number of games, and uh, I, I think this is a, a pretty big, big take for us. Fun, a- fun fact, he was the very first player to sign with Hartford Athletic ahead of their uh, inaugural season, and also the first uh, Yale alum to sign with the U.S. Uh, pro soccer team since Ryan Raybould in 2005 with the, uh, the, the Kansas City Wizards. Remember them? No, I don't. I also, I don't know how you find this information. I don't know how you get it so quickly. I'm, I'm pretty sure, folks, he's doing it live, like right now as we're talking. It's, it always baffles me. I can neither confirm nor deny this. I love it. I love it. Well, there you go. Um, way more than I could have ever possibly found out about Nikki Downs right there. Um, he, yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a great veteran um, addition for the team, and, uh, and yeah, so. Um, after Nikki Downs, we signed some goalkeeping depth uh, in, in in Noah Abrams. Um, I don't actually know much about where Noah came from. I know he played college in uh, maybe Northwestern. I, I think uh, North is Northeastern a thing? No, that's can't play. It is but Northeastern. He okay. Well, there you go. The Northeastern Huskies. So he played there, but I believe he played pro overseas, maybe in Israel. I am not positive. Um, yeah. It's, it's just one here, of those. Sorry. Um, just wanted to say he was born in the old England, but uh, raised in the new one. So he's technically uh, for purposes of, uh, you know, citizenship and whatnot, he's considered uh, American on the well, uh, soccer team. Having said that, they say that he was in an Israeli pro team, but I honestly could not yeah. find any stats about that. Just a, mention on his northeastern uh, profile page yeah i think so, there was like a black and red united article that said he played for an israeli protein but yeah. again i i found 
a Noah Abrams that was a goalkeeper at some point in an Israeli Israeli team, but he looked nothing like him. I, yeah, so I don't might know. be a different Noah Abrams. Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't do enough digging. We can get back to you. Maybe we can have him on the pod and talk about him. This is yeah. a good signing though because I have a hunch, and that we're going to unpack this a little bit later on. But I have a hunch that there's going to be some depth uh, needed at the goalkeeping position for Loudoun United. Yeah, um, same here. Yeah, so the DC is is struggling. Um, and we won't. We always say this. We talk. We talk a little bit on DC, and we try not to talk about DC at all as best we can. Um, because <laughs> it's not what you're here for, right? You want to talk about DC? Yeah. Go, go follow and listen to RFK Refugees. They cover it amazingly. Go, you know, you want to go across the pond, and you got United Kingdom um, or DC United Kingdom. There's all these great sources for information um, on the DC United stuff, but. Yeah. With regards to how it impacts us, I, I believe we, we obviously everyone is aware that DC is really struggling with injuries. And I think even though they're not official call ups, I think that there are players who are training with I have this hunch that they're playing and training with the uh, first team in, in the absence of reserve depth, because normally you have the reserves to play against and, and that. You know, not having that because they they're only fielding like they're not even fielding full teams. They're getting eleven players out and like three subs or four or five subs on the bench. They had, last game they had four field subs and yeah. uh, John Kempen, an emergency goalkeeper. Yeah, so I I think that Keegan Meyer, who DC started in a couple of their scrimmages, I think he's one of those players that is probably training with the DC United first team. Uh, meaning that we'll get him back and he'll be fine, but. Um, Noah Abrams then acts as that number three moves up into number two position goalkeeper, yeah. or maybe even could contend with, um, with Florida for the number one spot. But yeah. that's my hunch. I'll leave it there. Um, I can uh, neither confirm nor deny, um, there, well, there's truth to that, but of course, so continuing on, um, we have another defensive reinforcement. Uh, who do we got? Let's see. Defensive reinforcement. We got, uh, I've got a couple of academy kids here. We've got uh, Diego Gomez Ochoa, who also uh, appeared in a few games from the uh, from last year after he came here from the LA Galaxy's uh, academy. Um, well, sorry, I'm, I'm my, thinking sorry, specifically uh, Hassan Pinto. Hassan Pinto, of course. The, so uh, I'm not we, sure why they signed an old uh, 70s uh, car from to play here but i'm sure they have their reasons <laughs> so i think he was uh, one of the trialists that we had listed in a couple of the preseason games um which is which is awesome to see you know adding some some depth there um at the defensive roles he um he played for richmond kickers and and is obviously familiar with uh waheb Akwe. Uh, in his time over there, obviously they're on the defensive side of the ball at the same time, but he didn't get, so whereas Akwe was, was a significant part of the defensive line, um, throughout the entirety of the season and to their success, uh, Hassan Pinto didn't get a lot of minutes. Um, I don't know why, I don't know if it was injury related or what, but he has been training with and either tried out for, or, or something for the team and, um, coach Martin sees something in him, obviously. And um yeah. yeah so unfortunately the only uh game i could find minutes for uh pinto is uh last october against uh orlando city's b team where he came on as a substitute yeah uh so i but yeah i doesn't say why just that he didn't get a lot of playing time and hopefully yeah. uh get and some more here 
Yeah. Exactly. And and he's already got some playing time here, and we'll, we'll unpack that a little bit. But um, yeah. defensive reserves are significant. Um, it goes without saying that they're they're massive um, it, it, as the season goes on, especially as we get into some of those, those stints where the players are going to be, you know, really taxed throughout the, the, the season. You know, they're going to be that games are going to be back to back. And uh, yeah, it, it's going to be really important to have those defensive reserves. So um, the next two names are names that we have long been um, forecasting. I don't know, anticipating maybe we had hunches that they, they were going to be announced. And that's uh, the first is Giovanni Bolivar. Uh, and the second is Logan Pancho. Logan Pancho is a little easier clear cut. He has, signed an actual loud United contract, USL yeah. contract. Um, and that's because he did not sign a DC United contract to my understanding. He was DC's second round draft pick, their third overall pick in this year's MLS super draft. Actually, he was technically 32nd overall. Um, DC United had fourth, fifth after a trade in 32. Oh, I guess. Go. Yeah. But uh, sorry, continue. So, yeah, but so he, he played, Originally, he was a, a midfield style player, but played a good bit at a right back and right wing back um, yeah. for the Stanford Card Stanford. Yeah, the Stanford Cardinals. Cardinals aren't or they? Cardinal. A tree? Cardinal. They I do have the yeah. yeah. They do have the tree. The Stanford first, but they're but you know the Cardinal Stanford. is. It's weird. I don't love it. Anyways, <laughs> um, good for them. That's great. And so he, um, th- this is, this is huge. I, we've seen a lot of the trialing, the trial, a lot of, excuse me, the preseason games. We've seen a lot of trialists named at the right back position. I have a hunch that it was Logan Pancho all along. And here we are um, because that was the true, we didn't know who was going to play there. We know that um, Robbie Dambro has played right back before, but he's traditionally more of a left back. Um, Isa Mudashiru played right back for a game last year and it was not a great game, but, I think that he's got a lot more potential, you know, he can show. We did not have a true right back on the roster. So seeing his signing was a breath of fresh air and gave me um gave me some ease. But the Giovanni Bolivar is is in that same exact category. Um rumors out of DC is that he just so he he was a a, a loan player. Uh, yep. He was from, loaned from uh, Deportivo La Gaira, which yes, uh, is the also same the team. same team that uh, Darluis Paz, who uh, I believe signed an actual deal with uh, Loudon. Uh, they were on the same team, granted, slightly different age brackets, but so yep, yeah, it's exactly right. Um, they DC's been watching Giovanni Bolivar. I might get these two mixed up, but. They've been watching one of the two of them. I think it was Bolivar um, for a couple of years, and they were negotiating a loan deal with him. And while they were there, they were like, oh, who's this Darluis Paz guy who's shredding it up? And again, I might have this, this story mixed up on, on who it was they were originally <laughs> scouting. And right. so they uh, spoke with him, negotiated a loan deal to Loudon. And so they're both on loan. Just technically, one was on loan to D.C., and they've now reverted that contract to Loudon. What that means is it frees up an international spot for um, for DC and fills, I believe, the final and seventh uh, international spot for Loudon, um, which is yeah. significant because I believe that means he's ours for the season. I, I don't know if I think it's like keepsies, but I may be wrong. I'm not sure. Yeah, free like I we like I've said before, free agency rules, especially in the MLS, for like Calvin Ball, 
Yeah, or at least they're they're convoluted to to, to us, um, to us peons. But, um, but having said that, hey, we get both uh, members of Deportivo La Gaira here. That's right. We get to see uh, see if how long they last and uh, how good they can perform. Yeah, and and they're both well. At least in Bolivar is a huge position of need for us as well as Logan Pancho was at right back because we only had one out and out striker, one you know number nine, and that was uh, Sammy Serge and. Um, now we've got two, which I want more of, but I, maybe there's some depth at the academy positions. Yeah. Maybe we can steal another striker because DC United has a million of them, although it turns out they need it because they're injuring everyone. Um, so yeah. it, it was good to see him out there, and, and we'll, we'll unpack when we get to like the actual match in Miami, but um, he did start, so mm-hmm. uh, immediately off the bat, but... Um, so th- that's the transfers. Those are the names we're catching you up on. Um, there are some rumors that there are more names that are going to potentially trickle down from DC in more the loan capacity, um, or just from a temporary, you know, back and forth kind of uh, situation. One of the names is Jacob Green. We're very familiar with hey, him. Greeny. Um, yep, Greeny, and uh, and he's someone who has been, uh, you know, w- would help fill and and provide depth to that that right back that um fullback or right wing back position, depending upon the formation. Um, and yep. in addition to him, there is another name that I don't know if this is true. I don't know if I just want to start the rumor now. Maybe Ooh. I can just dream, but I just want, I want Kamarni, Kamarni Smith. I, I, so oh, yeah. either they've the, the way, if, if everyone's healthy at the striker position in DC, they just, there's not enough, you know, cake to go around for everyone. So you have to think <laughs> that either Kamarni Smith or Eric Sorga are coming down and the fact that Eric Sorga has been picked two games or three games in a row over Kamarni Smith makes me think that Kamarni Smith is, is the one on the out, which he produced in preseason. So I am okay yeah. with him. Yeah. But I think either of the two of them would shred in the USL and we'd be happy to have them. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. So <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Okay. And um, that's on top of like the, I think there were seven different names from the Academy mm. that were announced, but we'll get into, and one of them actually, you know, got the start, uh, didn't he? Uh, but we'll get into, or was it a start? Or what? No, he actually got the sub. Uh, sub. Excuse sub. Me. Yeah. No, I, I got my lineups mixed up on here. Well, but, there were a group of, of, uh, of youngsters um, whose names uh, we don't need to you know go through them, but they were all brought yeah. in from the Arlington soccer side and yep. signed into the DC United Academy. And in doing so, they have been training with um, – they're not with the U-17s. They're training with, to my understanding, playing for Loudon, at least temporarily. Um, yep, they're training with Loudon. They might even get some time with the uh, – you know, just on the training ground with the first team. if they're. Oh, like sure, that. yeah. Well, they're, they're, I think they're constantly going back and forth. I, yeah. I don't think – you know, a, a final name I'm going to throw out there as well. I'd love to see, but I don't even know. He's probably one of the 82 players from DC that's injured right now. It is um, Mike DeShields. I, I'd love to Ooh, see some defensive nice. reinforcements. I think that uh, I think we could use that. Um, but yeah. not that our defense played terrible uh, against Miami, but yeah, I think that'd be good. So, all right, let's, let's get into it. Um, well, let's, let's talk the match, but before we do, um, Kind of, you know, not not exactly at the halfway point, but just like to do a quick shout out and thank you to um, our, our primary, our, our first uh, sponsor, which is the Loudon Stampede. Um, if you didn't get a chance to go out to their viewing party, both Adam and I were there, had a great time. It was over at um, Bungalow Ale House in Ashburn. 
they're always throwing events like that for for away games. They're throwing viewing parties and then tailgates and whatnot. I think that they're in the the process of kind of negotiating what what a you know pre or uh, post COVID. We're not post COVID, but you know in the world that we're in right now, what that looks like in the stadium. Um, so they're they're setting that up and you know, they're always throwing events like that. They're throwing philanthropic stuff. You know, they're, they're doing philanthropic things around the community and community service. Mm-hmm. So um, they're more than just a supporters group, but they are uh, the supporters group for um, still, I think the only supporters group at the moment that's organized for Loudoun United. So um, check them out. Loudonstampede.org or loudonstampede.com brings you to the same place. Got a whole great website. Um, you can learn about some of the members and also, uh, they've got a calendar up that shows the games and has some information and details on it. So check out uh, mm-hmm. Loudon Stampede and uh, yeah, give them a shout. Follow them on social. Indeed. So match in Miami. Yep. What do you got, man? The Miami Malaise. The Miami Malaise. There's I mean, it's, I posted this on uh, on our Facebook page for Two Loud Adams that, you know, I, I just I stripped out the team names and it's like, here's two stat lines. Um, and it was just, you know, team A, which has like only uh, seven or eight shots, four on goal and uh, possession less than 40 percent of the time. Yeah. And then team B had over 30 shots, like about eight of them on goal and possession over 60 percent of the time. Who do you think would win? And yeah. let me th- and before you answer that, let me throw in the factoid that the first team got a red card early in the match and spent almost 80 minutes a man down. <laughs> well, so that, that right there, that, that, that factoid is the reason why those numbers are the way that they are. Right. But I mean, it, there are times in, in when, when soccer teams own the majority of the possession or something like that. And, and it's because one team got out to an early lead and, or it's because, you know, there's a, there's an earlier or mid timeline um, speaking a red card that's issued. And so one team has the majority of the players. And, and unfortunately, both of those things were a factor for us. Um, we got burned twice within, I don't even remember a two minute span that were, um, you know, one was a, it was a good goal that it was, it was a shaky defensive goal that we, we just, we yeah. weren't ready for a ball in. And um, I think there was some finger pointing afterwards and it was a little bit silly, but yeah. um, Hey man, those are going to happen. It's early. It's first thing in the seasons are starting off and you got to learn to play with each other. So that's going to happen. I get it. The second goal was, uh, yeah, it was a lot less excusable. <laughs> it was man. It, and it happened right afterwards. I think there was still a little bit of, like you just said, malaise perhaps, yeah, but, but the, come on less than a minute after <laughs> the, the theme. Yeah. The theme that can, it seems to be at least continuing from, from that ball that scared me and some other opportunities that Miami had later in the game, even when they were a man down is that is a theme that we, we, we saw a lot last season. And that was searching balls over the top, burn our back line. And I don't know if we're setting our back line too high. I don't know if we're, we're picking defenders that maybe don't have the speed to keep up with um, the, the attacks that we're going against. I don't think either of those things are necessarily the case, I just don't know what it is, but certainly a lapse in attention. And um, it was it ended in a situation where Logan Pancho was put into a very odd defending position where he very easily could have created, created a penalty situation. And then um, he, just, he got burned. Yep. The worst part, though, was uh, Wahab Akwe apparently stabbing it into his own goal. Well, he he <laughs> he 
went for the tackle, it looked like, and in doing so, um, I think he clipped the ball in an unfavorable way that uh, Jermaine Forda was maybe his weight wasn't in the right direction and uh, because he wasn't anticipating that that ball heading his way. So there's this teeny little gap of space to, to Jermaine Forda's right as a goalkeeper, you know, as, as you know, from the goal pers- goalkeeper's perspective, as he starts stepping to the right and starting to close down the space and the gap that that the attacking players is um, yeah. creating, he it, it's it's almost like the easiest thing to stop is a near post shot then but yeah. he wasn't ready for yeah it to be a, a toe poke from um Akwe and <laughs> it just 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 barely barely just snuck in there and it, yeah, it really after stunk. after spanking the uh both the, uh, both, both of the posts yeah so so we got to a, an early um 2-0 <laughs> deficit and um <laughs> we get a breath of fresh air because uh, I, I, I don't know, a very aggressive call from the uh, USL championship riff. I, I, I don't have the highest standards I think for USL championship refs, but at least this one broke in our, our direction. So that's a theme that did not yeah. exist last year, but um, I, I thought a rather undeserving red for that Miami player whose name I don't even remember, but nonetheless, <laughs> you know, here we are. 80 minutes to go relatively, including stoppage time. And yeah. uh, we're, we're up a man. Um, I guess better to say they were down a man and it's hard to watch your team then go owning, owning possession, owning opportunities, you know, chance after chance and not capitalize, not capitalize. It's just hard to watch. Yeah. And there were, I mean, there were times it looked like Loudon was the man down when Miami broke across. Uh, well, we set so high, right? Um, yeah. So the first half was very painful. Um, and I think that there were a couple of performances um, in the midfield that I think were lacking in creativity and and, and precision. Um, some changes were made at, at halftime. That was uh, the, the most significant one was Nikki Downs came off. Um, who oh, yeah. got the start. God, um, Nikki Downs. That was just disappointing. I think, yeah, maybe maybe it's a new system. I don't think that he, he performed at the level that he played at with Hartford, but um, he was replaced by one of the fan favorites, uh, Ted Cudipietro, who came on and, and provided a whole new shape to to the midfield um, immediately right off the bat, and it was it was much more creative. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the the theme of the game was we missed the opportunity to capitalize, right? Um, yeah. Had had we not had our defense not been asleep. You know, it's one zero, and and we go we go up a man, and suddenly you know, who knows? The sky's the limit. Um, yeah, there were some notable performances that I want I want to cover. Um, right. I obviously the one the one that everyone is kind of talking about is Kairu Amustafa's performance. Uh, oh yes. Being that he got the one goal um around the 80th minute, I think it was like the 78th, but 82nd according to this. 82nd. Okay. There you go. And and he got so he got the one goal and it was a great goal. Um, you know, it was narrow. It was a, it was a great uh assist by Gomez. Um, you know, it, it was a real scorer's goal. It it was. I mean, Sorry. he he really he, he he ripped it, man. He it was great, but uh oh man, yeah. So so he was he was, I said, I think the best performance overall. I gave him my personal my man of the match. Um, spoiler to we usually say that later in the episode. Um, but he wasn't actually, in my mind, the most exciting performance of the match. And um, 
that's because he, honestly there was great things about it. He, he was so good on the ball when he was, when he was on. Right. And, and he was good off the ball as well. He was last year. He was kind of quiet. I think he was kind of learning um, the team and whatnot. And now he acted like almost like a leader. He was pointing, he was talking, he was, it was getting involved. Um, it was, it was awesome. Um, but I think he's still a little shaky in his final touch. Um, yeah. But obviously the, the, that goal was, um, it was easy to, to, to just throw him the, the man of the match award for that. Yeah. But um, the, the, so when I say he wasn't the most exciting performance, the most exciting performance in my mind was a uh, Gasau Samake. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but starting left back um, of the night and played the majority of the night. Um, in my mind, he was the most exciting. He was a unit on both sides of the pitch. He showed extreme talent um, when it came to ball control and uh, some some serious tactical intelligence. He knew where to be. He knew where to play the ball. Um, my my way too early contender uh, for MVP of the season. Obviously, it's impossible to say at this point, but um, would be would be him. And honestly, had it not been for the fact that we lost and cramping issues in the second half which resulted in him eventually being subbed out uh yeah. that hopefully can work out i think he would have been probably the man of the match if it had not been for those, those i mean he was my personal man of the match if only yeah, because sure. i didn't have i mean i already had some pretty high expectations for mustafa and he sure more than met them i didn't really know what to think of uh, samake aside from a handful of uh sizzle reel that i saw when i heard he was getting loaned from uh, his club in uh, Cote d'Ivoire to uh, yeah. here and yet he did surprisingly well he even you know got a few looks at the goal here and there he did um I think the, probably our best opportunities Kyber obviously provided the goal yeah. uh, produced the goal but our best opportunities were ones that he made out of nothing um yeah and his ability to be able to cut inside and, and take a ball and, and and you know every time he he reared back for a shot. You know, your heart was like out of your chest. It's just, unfortunately <laughs> there were some, some ser- serious blocks that were placed in, but yeah. Um, that, that but, goalie yeah. with the porn stash, man. That, oh gosh. I swear it was, I swear that was the reason that half of those shots missed their mark. To those of you <laughs> who, who uh, missed out on the Loudon Stampede watch party, that mustache that the goalkeeper had was a major talking point um, to the point where multiple bearded men in the room vowed to shave uh the majority of their beards off into mustaches um in his honor i don't know how uh it all got so crazy so quickly but yeah. there you go now you're up to speed on that uh nonsense um so <laughs> another yeah. notable uh player i wanted to highlight is is logan pancho um you know we, as we just mentioned recent signing uh from dc united's draft stock uh, he showed that he can handle the role of right back in the absence of Jake Green at the professional level very well. I think he had some shaky moments here and there, but overall mm-hmm. was an integral cog of, of our machine being what was getting the ball forward um, and providing opportunities into the box. He was ever involved uh, with, with, with doing that. And yeah. um, I think that there was almost a bit of, forcing the ball on the right side, which maybe impacted Samaki and Farron's opportunities to, to yeah. provide attacks, but wanting to get the ball through Cairo on the right uh, meant that Pancho had plenty of, of time um, mm-hmm. to, to do the, to play, to, to, you know, with the ball. And he, and he 
did great with it. Um, I think he was, it was amazing. So aside from getting burned by De Silva in the seventh minute, which well, led to the OG. Again, but, though, he was, he was put in an odd angle and honestly, he created the time. Um, he created the time that it was, that was needed for Akwe to get there and do defending things. Right. <laughs> it's just that Akwe also yeah. then was immediately put into an awkward position and had a choice and, he, the choice was to either allow the shot to happen, which probably would have resulted in a goal, try to toe poke the ball away, which resulted in what it did, mm-hmm. but who would have thought, or aggressively make a tackle, and that probably would have resulted in a penalty. So mm-hmm. I, you know, both of them were in bad situations, and it's because – I'm not excusing either of them. It's because our defense was asleep. It was because they yeah. were not awake, um, and it, they allowed that to happen. I don't, you know, so, yeah. Having said um, that, once they did get uh, wake up, they – Got a lot better at their uh, exactly yeah. hunting down the ball at uh, making those crosses, especially Akwe. Once shot. once the uh, once the wake up call happened, Akwe was our best defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know th- that's a situation. These are two super talented kids. I think um, I think that shows from ninety five percent of the performance that they put out there on the the, the pitch in Miami, right. This is this is something I'm Coach Martin. I'm I'm walking them in the film room and and hammering that play uh, 45, 50, 60 times and being like, do you see what happened here? And then look what happened here. Do you see how this led up to here? And I'm yeah. I'm just going through it over and over and over again. Um, well, that they got is, uh, a little over two weeks, you know, to look at that. And oh yeah, adjust their play styles. That's right. I, I that's happened. I'm sure that. I'm sure that they're kicking themselves for it too. Yeah. I mean, they're they're aware, but um, well, we don't it, need to keep heaping dirt on that. No, uh, after all, it's a long season. They've it's got a plenty long season, of time to adjust. And, and mentality is a big part of it. So they, I think that they've got, a, yeah, exactly. They got plenty of time to to amend, and they've got plenty of time to to shake it off. And I think they right. will. Um, so next up, uh, moving past Logan Pancho, I've got Jeremy Gray as a notable performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think JG was at like near peak performance as he was last year. Um, obviously his best performance last year was being paired with Moses Nyman in that first game against Philly, um, oh, pre COVID, yeah. but, uh, he was in the before time, the before time. Yeah. But he, he showed, I think that he's been definitely training, um, in the off season. He was like ever present on the field. He was like, uh, a, a young N'Golo Conte in midfield, making tackles, creating chances, um, acting like a pro 10 times his senior, um, the one fault, which wasn't his fault. I don't think he paired well with Nikki downs. I don't know for whatever reason, the midfield just wasn't really flowing with the two of them as well as I think it could have. Um, but, but yeah, Jeremy gray, um, watch him while you can. Cause DC is going to steal him. I can guarantee it. So some other notable positive performances or some other notable performances just in general, we don't need to break down too much, but, um, the positive sides, uh, Ted Pietro, we mentioned him, came off the bench, did wonders for our midfield. Tyler Gabera also provided a little punch of life to our offense, but kind of wore out toward the end, it looked like. Jermaine Forda should have stopped the own goal from Wahebakwe, but he did make some brilliant saves, one of which is highlighted in the uh, USL Championship Save of the Week sizzle reel or whatever you want to call Ooh. it. Um, so if you haven't, vote for uh, Jermaine Forda's. There's some pretty darn good saves in that reel, but uh, nonetheless, his he had a great save. It was a great, it was a really darn good save. Um, off balance and still got to it, uh, and, and really and fully extended. Um, and then obviously we mentioned Wahibakwe. I, I think he was a stud defender. 
hit uh, the one mistake. I mean, he could have been even in contention for man of the match too, had it not been for the fact that we lost and the yeah. fact that he provided the own goal. Um, but hey. Also, Diego Gomez Ochoa made a uh, comeback appearance, uh, subbing in for Samake late in the second half. Okay, there you go. I'm trying, I'm, though admittedly I don't have much to follow up on that. He did a serviceable job, what he needed to do. There we go. And, um, he's provided uh, the assist, first assist of the 2021 season. Yeah, that too, of course. I, I think, is it Diego Diego Gomez? I think Gomez Ochoa was a, was a different player from last season. Yeah, we had two. It's kind of funny. We had two Gomez's on the uh, team last season, so it was a bit difficult to uh, distinguish them. Yeah, but I think this is just Diego Gomez. This one, um, I think he's a little bit older than than Gomez Ochoa. But um, on the negatives, real quick, notables as well. I, I think Nicky Downs looked a little bit confused, maybe flat in midfield. Passes were kind of slow and inaccurate, uh, but. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him out there again, shaking off the the first half performance, um, mm-hmm. because I think I think he's talented. I think he's got it. We we, we he was major part of Hartford's offense and we or midfield and we saw what they were capable of last year um, with yeah. with him there. And then the other negative I, I got to mention our, our local guy uh, Sammy Sergi um, just had kind of a Timo Werner performance out there. Tons of opportunities, didn't find the net. Um, a it was that opp- one back heel that I was almost, gonna, almost. Yeah. So I was going to say a couple of the opportunities were actually like glaring opportunities, like should have been finished. No reason. Or they were right to the goalkeeper. Unbelievable. But there was the one opportunity he did have, and it was like something out of nothing. Right. It was, yeah, he, it was a silly almost shot. I mean, Hey, you gotta, you gotta applaud the effort. Cause there was nothing else he could have done there except for just try to put it on frame. But he like he flicked this ball on like I mean I don't even know what it would you call it, it wasn't a volley it wasn't a wasn't a bicycle but um just kind of flicked it up backwards um and it barely barely just grazed off of the um it grazed crossbar. off the woodwork yeah yeah so um right at the end of the first half so hey I mean I, I maybe he's a player that once he finds the net he's gonna just keep scoring but um yeah. it was it wasn't. I don't think he would go on record to say that was his best performance. I'd be very surprised yeah. um, if so. If he just, I guess, if he's just a little less excited when he's, you know, in range, mm-hmm. then he might. If he knows how, you know, how to keep it down just enough, then he'll yeah. be great. And some strikers, once they get it going, they they just they keep going, right? They once yeah. they once they've got uh, a goal, the the streak starts. Um, but that aside. Um, it was a tough game to watch. It was a tough game to, to see us lose despite being up a man uh, for so long. Um, but there are reasons for optimism, folks. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're still listening at this point, um, <laughs> you're down on yourself about the Miami game. You're not thrilled about the New York Red Bulls. Don't jump game, off the we're... bandwagon yeah. yet. <laughs> don't 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 leave us because I'm going to tell you right now why. I am at least excited still to watch Loudoun United play uh, New York Red Bull 2 on May 18th. Um, for a, a bunch of reasons. The first one is that we scored a goal from open play. The majority, like our first like five or six, maybe even more goals yeah. last season were penalties. They were Elvis MO penalties or yeah. there was like a free kick. This was our, I think our first, and I don't know if this is true. No, it was our first. It wasn't our only, but it, I think our first ever goal 
from open play was TKD's goal that ended up winning the game against New York. Want the one nothing victory over the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, our only win. Yeah, last year. So (laughs) it it took like however many weeks, maybe even a month or two, before we got our goal from open play, and we got our first one in our first game. So losses are going to happen. The USL Championship season is long. It's a very very long. You you trudge through it. Teams are going to change the dynamic of how they're playing week, you know, from month to month. And so a loss, even though it was a hard one to swallow because we were up for so long um, personnel, a loss of this magnitude is not super substantial. We showed that we can create. We showed that we can create, you know, provide opportunities to our strikers. We showed that we can even finish the ball. Um, So that's number one reason for optimism. Number two is there are a lot of players that have buckets of talent talent that you know we probably haven't even fully seen yet you know or some of them we have but some of them we haven't even fully seen yet at, at our uh, for our, our team yet um who are still not on the field um one of which was on the bench and didn't get pulled in that's darlouis pause uh dc is very high on him and thinks that there is a future for him um here in the u.s uh, in soccer so for whatever reason he wasn't pulled into the game um maybe just the right fit wasn't there, but I, I, to my understanding, he's, he's a very super talented winger plays preferably on the left wing, but can play striker or an attacking mid role as well. Um, Michael Gamble are, I believe technically our captain, even though uh, Tim Mel held it up for the game against Miami. Gamble was not on the field. We saw what Gamble was capable of last year. Um, Drew Scundrich, who is, who is a, a major component to Sacramento's highly successful season last year. Um, he, he got injured at one point, but he's been, he's healthy now. Um, arguably when it comes to just veteran status, in, at least in us soccer is probably the best overall player and, and could be a major part of our midfield. Um, not he was mention, not on the roster. Yeah, he wasn't, sadly. There were some glowing reviews during the preseason, what little preseason action I was able to, uh, for Drew? For uh, Drew Skundrich, yeah. And uh, I was kind of, of course, looking yeah. forward to seeing him in action, but I guess we're going to have to wait a little longer. For a little bit longer. Um, and then and then the final name is Nanan Hassau, who I, who's another player who's coming over on loan from Ivory Coast. I don't know what the deal is there. I have, I have a hunch he's on international protocols, but he and Drew Skundrich are who I believe are going to make up our midfield on a week-to-week basis especially when Jeremy Gray goes off to college. Um, yeah. And so these are huge names that we're, we're playing right now without. I mean, these are um, Russell Knauss's and Paul Areola's that we're missing, you know, when you speak the D.C. language that we don't have. <laughs> um, Darlouis Paz, obviously we know where he's at. He's on the bench. He's there. Maybe he's just not fully fit. Nanan Hosa, we don't know what's going on there. Hopefully they didn't cancel his loan, but it doesn't sound like it. Um, yeah. I don't see him listed, I will say, on the Loud United roster, um, which is pretty up to date at the moment. So that is a little bit reason for concern. Yeah. Um, Drew Scundrich and Michael Gamble, I think the hunch I have about Keegan Meyer, I have about these two. I think that the two of them are playing right now with the DC United first team. They are, um, that's just my hunch. I'm not getting that. There's no intel I'm finding from the team, but I think that they're probably there helping. Uh, move the DC United team forward and that's sharpening them I'm sure in a wonderful way but um, I don't think that they're injured they weren't listed on the injury report um, 
there's te- technically there's no injury reports. It's called something else, but hope well, technically only Robbie Dambro was on that. Um, but again, my 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 second reason for optimism is those names. They were not out there. Uh, I think once they are, we are going to be a more efficient um, and more effective team. Um, so yeah. my final reason for optimism was there were still bright spots on the roster performances. We went through some of them, you know, but just a real, just quick summary. Jeremy Gray looked like a workhorse in the midfield, um, setting up plays and defending both sides of the field. Gasau Samake looks like an absolute weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can keep him healthy, I think an MVP candidate potentially. And then Cairo, he's still Cairo. Yeah. He didn't lose a step. He didn't miss out on anything. He scored three goals in all last year in like whatever, nine games he played. And he's already off to a strong start. He is such a hard worker. He looks to be in midseason form. He's out there yelling at the guys. He never looked winded once. He's still freakishly fast. Cairo. Yeah. yeah, Cairo is still Cairo. So. That's my final. That stint with the national team in Niger probably helped too. Yeah, then maybe. I I don't know. He he definitely didn't sit on his couch in the offseason. But that's my final reason for optimism, right? So scored an open goal for play, uh, a goal from open play, tons of talented players not on the field. And there are still bright spots in that roster, in that performance. Um, So don't don't hang up the the your, your scarves yet. Don't, you know, don't soul. Don't torture jerseys. Don't take off your pants. No, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Three, four, maybe five weeks from now. I mean, assuming that we don't miss the playoffs by like a single point, you know, if that happens, we'll maybe we'll remember this first game. But for the most part, we're not going to remember that we lost two to one and we were up a man. We'll probably just remember that we lost two to one. Um, So just don't think of it that way. Miami is not a bad team. They're, they're a new franchise to the USL Championship. They started in 2019 with us, but they've been a franchise for a while, professional franchise for a while. They've got a good bit of money coming through there. Um, they, they've got very talented recruiters. They bring in international players. This is not a, a, a nobody team, yeah. like a, a new a newbie team that we, we lost to. This is a talented team, and so it, it's, a, it's a fair loss, um, even though it stings a lot right now. Yeah. So, um, so that, that we're, we're packing up the bag on, on Miami. Um, and, yeah. and, and we were a couple last, uh, tidbits on the episode before we wrap things up, but, um, Academy spotlight. Yeah. This Academy spotlight, uh, I'm just going to keep this one real short because, uh, it's a bit difficult to find, uh, information on him. I'll, I'll just be honest up front. Having said that, uh, one of the one of the academy players who did uh, find his way onto the field uh, in this very game, believe it or not, uh, subbing in in seventy seventh minute for Jeremy Gray. It's uh, Abdelatif Abulkora. He's uh, he's just uh, sixteen years old, born in two thousand four, uh, and uh, he's been playing with the McLean and uh, shortly after that Arlington. Uh, youth soccer academies and then from there he's been uh playing with the dc united academy and uh from there he uh found his way onto loud united's uh roster and he did a pretty decent job uh while he was out there from what i saw uh, another fun fact about abokora though he was technically born in uh, vienna virginia he did he does have uh egyptian heritage through his parents so 
in theory, if he, you know, makes it pro, shocks the world, he could, uh, be, he could do pull like a Justin Miram did for Iraq, and uh, he could uh, play for the Pharaohs on the national stage. Well, that's very bold to to say, but uh, I mean, I, I guess it is a never. possibility. That's right. But yeah, or he, or who knows, he could uh, decide if he gets that kind of talent, he could decide to stay here and play for a spot on the U.S. team. And anything could happen. But from what we little bit we did see uh, coming into the last uh, 15, 20 minutes of this match, he did a pretty decent job. Absolutely, and, yeah. Um, look forward I mean, to seeing him score his first goal in, goal in a red and white jersey. Be awesome. Yeah, heck yeah, man. I, I graded him pretty uh, – I mean, I, I didn't grade anybody that high. It wasn't, I think, an overall best team performance. But nonetheless, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, I graded him, I think, higher than the average player. Uh, he came out there, um, and, and he didn't let us down. I mean, simply simply put. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's good to hear. You know, he's a name I was not familiar with before him being announced on the roster. I, I saw his name four or five days before the game. Um, and that was only because of social media. I think he got, he was pinged and tagged in a couple of things. And, uh, yeah. honestly, he slipped his completely slipped my mind too, until like the day or two before the game. Uh, but then again, yeah. uh, it was only recently where we got a small, a short list of names from the Academy that were also going to double up with Loudon. Yeah, I, I didn't see him on that that list though. The ones that were going to double up though, so yeah. he was one that I did not have. I, I mean, I had names like um, Jeremy Gray and R.J. Fuentes. I had names like Owen Walls yeah. and Justin Rainey, Sebastian Conlon and Johnny Mendel. I didn't have him, um, but hey, he's on the roster and he doesn't seem he doesn't seem too bad. So uh, look forward <laughs> to seeing what he's got um, yeah. going forward. So there's your academy spotlight of the day. Um, so our, our final segment uh, that we, we actually, before we do that, a quick shout out. Um, one of the big pieces of news that was, it was big news for like a day or two and everybody kind of like, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Stuart Mayers is uh, the new GM. I should say the first ever general manager for Loud United. So yeah, this is, um, he, he was a, a significant uh, member of the executive team for DC United. Obviously, they kind of, they hire within, they, they bring their own over there as, as they. As yeah, they he was already the technical them. director of uh, yep. DC United. So it is, like you said, more of a lateral move. I, I wouldn't say it was a lateral move at all. No, I, I think this is a promotion for him um, significantly. I, I think that it, it's more than just that, right? I mean, maybe, maybe the DC United folks. I'm not saying that he left his spot at DC. I don't think that the DC United folks are like maybe like lining up to come out. Maybe they're <laughs> viewing it as like tours. Maybe like, it's like, like how, you know, um, you do like a, like a tour and like a job or whatever, but maybe a resume maybe, line item. Maybe. Yeah. You know, kind of like you do your time out there, but maybe uh, he's boy. viewing it like that. But I'll, I'll tell you though, the fact that they have identified a general manager, the fact that they've, they've, they've done that in the first place. I, I think that that, it, it, it's a breath of fresh air to hear that they're at least investing time and money into, into this program. And it's not like an experiment that they're going to pull the plug on and, you know, give the stadium to, to the highest bidder, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, and there's, there's fear that eventually maybe that happens, you know, especially with this, you know, there's the MLS two league and whatnot, but these are, these are examples of, of DC United showing, no, we see the value added. We we see what what could happen here with Loudon United in the long term, um, and we want them to flourish as their own franchise. So, 
bringing in a, an actual uh, general manager who's familiar with 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 not only you know soccer but also with DC United and the program there. I think that this is a huge plus. So just uh, I had to quickly just throw that in there. Um, uh, Stuart, if you're if you're listening, I doubt you are. Um, but if you are, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Uh, we can set it up. Uh, we talk to some of the staff, and and we'd love to have you on and and talk about uh, maybe some of the goals and things that you've got um, for the the franchise. So hey, um, we'll throw that out there, and and we'd love to have you. But um, the final segment of of the the show uh, we, we named earlier in the preseason, and it's kind of dying off a little bit. But it was it was Segra Field a shared home. We need to have like an audio track right there where it's like, there we go. There it is. Cut that. Edit that right there. Um, Mike, Mike on the editing team. Wow. Can you please uh, make that happen? Uh, so Sager field, a shared home, you know, we now share the field with uh, old glory, uh, which is the Washington DC rugby team and the Washington spirit, which is the uh, women's professional uh, uh, tier one professional soccer team. Washington Spirit is um, doing well at filling Audi. I don't know. I have this. I've not heard anything about them bailing on their Segra field aspirations. But I gotta say, if they're continuing to fill out and put bodies, you know, in and fill the stadium at Audi, I can't imagine them being like, "Yeah, let's go fill that five thousand person stadium um, at the capacity that it can currently hold, which is I think a yeah. thousand." Um, so I gotta say. I think that the number of spirit games that we might see out all the way in Loudoun County might be minimizing, but Hey, um, that's my theory. On the other hand, old glory. Good for them then. Yeah, no, absolutely. Good for them. Um, They're doing great. Well, they're doing great. Yeah. I think that that it was a little bummer about uh, getting knocked out of the, um, the the NWSL challenge cup. Yeah. The challenge cup, the challenge cup, which just, I don't, they just needed one goal off of Gotham FC and it just didn't happen. I just, I don't love the idea of, of a competitive tournament to start off a season. Um, but yeah. that's also why no one's paying me uh, lots of money to manage a professional uh, sports league, but Hey, um, <laughs> so, you know, no one's asking Hope me Springs eternal, man. There Who we knows? go. Maybe they'll so, notice your uh, football manager save and uh, be like, Hey, we need this, we need <laughs> this Adam guy. <laughs> I doubt it, but I appreciate it. Um, nonetheless, you know, I, I don't know why they, they did that. Maybe mid season, maybe later in the season, I think would be better, but Hey, and then you got old glory, um, who is playing at Segra. They're playing their home games there. And unfortunately, um, in the performance, and I believe they're actually filling out the stadium too, at the capacity that they're allowed to. Um, but unfortunately, performance-wise, they're doing miserable. I think they started off with a tie, and they have lost every game since then. Um, don't quote me on that, but um, I follow some of their supporter group uh, threads, and um, I think that they're having fun drinking beers. Um, so they're they're kind of uh, maybe I don't know. Sector's not bad luck, is it? There's no way. It's not like there's no way. Um, anyways, well, we they even won. Go. They won in April 25th at home. So there we go. Um, just. Glancing their season, they've won. They haven't lost that many games. They've actually gotten what was it? I think it's like three wins, four wins so far. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I'm Something an idiot like then. Okay. Well, I, I'm. They only seem to be very talkative, at least when they're losing. So, um, cut that. We're gonna <laughs> ignore that. Uh, yeah. But I, I know that they were either the like they were one of the best teams last year. So uh, maybe they're just very hard on themselves when they um, when they don't perform well. But um, so, anyways. That wraps up uh, Segger Field, a shared home. But um, a real quick shout out 
to a uh, uh, thank you to our Patreon supporters. We got a couple of y'all out there, and and we really appreciate you um, investing in us uh, as a podcast, bringing you content. We're hopefully it's it's content that that you appreciate, that you you enjoy. Um, we want to hear from you, so. We, we created this Patreon page as not just a, a way for us to go, hey, can you give me money? But, you know, we, we wanted it as, a, as an opportunity for, for you all to be able to tell us what it is you want to make out of this podcast. You know, we, we created this because we enjoy talking loud and we, we do this anyways between the two of us, regardless um, of the podcast. And we figured we might as well talk about it where there's an audience that can hear us do it. And so if there's things that you want to hear, you know, if you don't like, you know, if you want to hear more Academy spotlights, you want to hear more about the other things that are events and stuff that are going on at Segra or whatever, you know, we'll be happy to bring on some of the pros that know that stuff. You know, maybe we can bring on some of the Academy staff or uh, we can bring on, you know, some of the folks at Loudon or the managers over at, you know, that, that run Segra field to talk about some of the events that they do there. We want to create and, and bring to you the content that you want to hear. So, um, so check us out on Patreon, let us know, tweet at us, follow us on Instagram, you know, give us likes on Facebook. Facebook. Yep. Go hit us on all the social media platforms. Just let us know what you're thinking. Um, and, and and as always, we, we really appreciate you listening in and tuning in and following us, um, on, on whatever uh, platform that you're listening to podcasts. So, yeah. Of course. And, uh, here we go. Just, you know, wrapping up uh, week one, wrapping up yeah, week two of the USL Championship. Week week one was the two games, so this is week one. This is week one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we, you know, we'll talk to you either if not before, then definitely after uh, the New York Red Bulls. We'll, we'll try to get something before the New York Red Bulls two game. But yeah, nonetheless, um, hey, you know, we keep, appreciate yep. you. Go ahead. Sorry, I just say keep your ears peeled. And uh, as always, this has been the Two Loud Adams podcast with uh, Adam and Delavitz and Adam Davis. Stay loud and united. Cheers, guys. The Two Loud Adams podcast is proudly sponsored by the Loudon Stampede, the official supporters group for Loudon United, and hosted by Adam Davis and Adam Mendelovitz. The executive producer is Mike Myers. If you'd like to be a part of our sponsorship, then hit the follow button and reach out. Cheers for now.